All right, hello everyone. My name is Peter, and this is episode 23 of Peter's Content Free Podcast. I return to you once again after a long, longish break, at least. Someone said it's been since February since I last recorded one of these, and I don't know if that was February of this year, February of last year, maybe February sometime last century, but I do know it has been a while, and I apologize for anyone who's been waiting on the edge of their seat for one of these. I mean, there I, I know is that every now and then someone would ask, like, Peter, when's gonna when are you gonna make another podcast, whatever? And every now and then there'll be also be the another another comment where someone would say, Peter, you should make a podcast. I'm like, well there's I didn't I mean it's like too complicated to sit there and explain to them, like, yes, I already have a podcast. I mean there's twenty two episodes out there you can already listen to. I don't know. I figured the best way to tell them that I already have a podcast is to make another episode, right? The reason I haven't been making episodes this whole time, well, part of the reason, I'm not sure what the real reason is. Just look, bottom line is I'm thankful to be at a place where if I don't feel like making a certain kind of video, I don't do it. And I think the videos are better that way, right? I think the video quality would suffer if I did make videos that I didn't feel like making. So that's just simply been the case for the last little while. I didn't feel like making a podcast, so I didn't. But now I do. Once again in this video, um, I know a lot of you do listen to this. I mean, I would be curious. I mean, I guess it's kind of a conundrum because a lot of you I've, I've gathered listen to this uh, on other platforms, you know, like Spotify or something. And what I'm saying is an audio only platform. I've tried to make it available on as many streaming platforms as possible. I even have like a, like a paid subscription to some service that publishes it out to a bunch of different places. So if, if there is a place you would like to listen to it on and it's not there, let me know and I'll listen to it. So um, but for the people who are only listening and not watching uh, the video, for this video, I'm using, once again, the Namiki, uh, and it, I'm, I don't even remember what the whole name of the pen is. It's Namiki Vermilion Urushi something or other, some expensive $1,500 pen that I'm borrowing from Gold Spot Pens and just doing a drawing with it. And uh, the drawing ends up being a an ocean like one of those sea platforms you know like like an oil rig sort of thing but then i i end up making it into what i imagine to be an like a like an ink extractor i'm imagining that there are ink pockets deep under the earth and this thing is extracting what I call crude ink instead of crude oil, right? And then it, maybe it has to be refined into the ink that we use in our pens. It's just like a little, a little imaginary thing. I've always been inspired. I've always enjoyed those structures. Like the, what are they called? Sea platforms? I'm Googling it. Sea platform. It's not the word. Um, oil, like an oil platform. Huh. 
apparently there's another Wikipedia article called Seasteading. The concept of creating permanent dwellings at sea called seasteads. Oh, outside the territory claimed by any government is a key part of that. Interesting. So I can collect ink. Huh. Non-governmental ink. Interesting. Anyways, no, I, I don't know. I just like, I guess a lot of these, some of them seem to be anchored, like have foundations that go all the way down to the, the ocean floor, right? And then some of them seem to float, but they still get, still have some relation to the ocean floor in that they have like maybe a flexible pipeline that goes down the ocean floor. They're still anchored to the ocean floor in some way because they like, like the oil platforms, they get oil, right? But sometimes they're over spots where it's so deep they couldn't build a structure that goes all the way down, right? So they just kind of float and then the big pipe goes down. I watched that movie, uh, Deepwater Horizon. I think they had Ben Affleck in it a long time ago. That's a pretty good movie. I would actually watch that again. Kind of a environmental disaster flick. But I mean, it has everything you want in it. High stakes, drama, Ben Affleck, uh, helicopters, the ocean. I don't know. What else do you want? And, uh, oh, I should, I should tell you about my, my current coffee situation. That is, that seems like a requirement. Um, so if you've been watching my YouTube channel at all, you, you probably gather that I, well, I, I, I tried to go off coffee for a while. I did successfully go off coffee for a while because, um, particularly while I was going to school for last year, I went to school for like a whole year. I went to two semesters of school. The second half of the second semester was mostly online due to COVID. And then this year I went to one or two days of classes before I dropped out because I went in there and I could just tell I wasn't going to enjoy a full semester of online classes and hybrid classes. It was just miserable. And I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, Hey, I've got enough other stuff that I can work on, uh, that I don't really need to struggle through this. I felt bad really for all the other students who were like, don't have a lot of other options. I mean, I guess I mean, I'm totally in support of people taking a break year, but taking a break year, during COVID, that'd be a lousy break year, you know? So I, I'm not really sure you're in between a rock and a tough place. I guess just kind of power through. Uh, so this is, COVID has been, I, I hate to say it, but it's been good for me because, you know, I've always kind of been a hermetic type anyways, and that I just kind of, I want to stay inside and just sit here and draw and make videos and stuff. And, you know, during a quarantine, during a pandemic, that's probably the best thing, the smartest thing to do anyways. So I just been, uh, trying to do that. And I haven't always been successful in, in staying productive, which is how I gauge, how, how I value, gauge my own value for myself, my self-worth, uh, which is a, not a good thing all the time because then I find it hard to take breaks. And then when I too, do take breaks, I beat myself up for it. And uh, it's a whole other complicated thing. 
But basically, while I was in school last year, I was drinking a lot of coffee multiple times per day. It was spiraling out of control. I would drink it in the mornings. I would drink it in the afternoons, right? Uh, and I could just feel sometimes I wasn't even that tired, I think. And I would just drink it anyways every morning because I knew that if I didn't drink the coffee, I would, I would get a headache or experience some sort of withdrawal symptoms. Like I would get a little bit like clammy or, or uh, jittery or shaky or something like light, get a little bit lightheaded maybe. I don't know. You ever felt those feelings uh, from coffee withdrawal, caffeine, like your body's like, I need it. And you're like, I don't want to give you it, but I guess so just so I'll feel better. Anyway, so I powered through and after a week or two, all those feelings went away and I probably didn't drink any coffee for several months. Uh, and then I gradually started drinking coffee again, just socially at first. I don't actually think coffee is a bad thing. Like I'm not trying to tell anyone else not to drink coffee. I think coffee is a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing. It's delicious and, and warm, or sometimes it's cold and it tastes good and it uh, you know, what is it? How does it physically work? Like chemically, I, I read that it just, it like turns off the part of your, like your nano receptors. I'm making this up. It's probably, I mean, I'm kind of making it up. I'm halfway making it up. It turns off the part of your brain that tells you that you're sleepy, right? It doesn't actually give you more energy. It gives you less tiredness. That's what I heard. But sometimes it feels like it legit gives you more energy, but it could be really the other way around, that it just makes you not feel tired. And then the energy that was always there lurking beneath the surface, beneath the tiredness, perhaps that is just allowed to come to the surface to be full-fledged, jumpy, jittery energy, right? Uh, so yeah, I had some coffee today. I don't think it's affecting me right now, at least I hope not, because it's 9.15 p.m. and I think I drank it. Uh, hours ago, but I mean, you know, things stay in your system for a while. They do. Anyway, so I started drinking coffee again socially, just like if I was out at a coffee shop with someone, which, you know, uh, I had to be careful about, you know, because it was during a pandemic. So I'd, I would go to coffee shops every now and then, but I'd make sure, you know, wear a mask inside. And then we would go sit out on a porch or a balcony because feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit safer outdoors where there's fresh air swirling about. So I did that. I did, I admit, I did do that occasionally. I went out. Okay. I didn't completely stay in my house. I did because, well, I did, I did briefly because there was like a stay at home order and probably, probably for several months, I didn't see any of my friends for like a month or two. I was, I was a complete legit hermit. Uh, but I don't know. I couldn't, I don't know. Eventually I started, you know, had to go get a coffee with someone. But still, you know, I tried to be safe. I believe, I believe, okay, in the, in the virus. I'm not a science denier. Uh, and then eventually I, eventually the coffee made its way into my home again. Eventually I just, like at first, look, this is the story of it. It, I bought it to put in my fridge in case guests came over and they wanted coffee, right? 
Isn't that how it always happens? Mm. What if someone else wants coffee and they come over? I wouldn't want to deny my guests coffee. I brought I bought a couple of the bottles of the cold brew that I used to drink. Oh, that stuff's so good. I even got some nice new uh, glasses to drink it from because I moved into this new house. I was like, yeah, new house. I need some new glasses. Uh, anyways, I started drinking that cold brew every now and then. It's good. Cold brew it feels weird to drink in the morning to me. So it's nice for me. It's nice for like a early afternoon pickup. A glass of cold brew. Oh, so good. I, I have a little thing. All right. Uh, one of my friends gave me one of those press things. I think it's the same brand as my French press, but it's made used for making cold brew coffee where you put some water and some coffee grounds in there and then you put it in your fridge overnight, leave it for like a day or 12 or 18 or 24 hours. You leave it some, for some amount of time and then you press it down. You let it steep in the fridge for a long time and then you press it down and you can pour out your own cold brew. That cold brew is pretty good, but I'm just lazy enough to not do that. And I buy the the jugs of cold brew. They're like the jugs are like four or five dollars each from the grocery store, and each jug probably has about I'm trying to think maybe four glasses in it of my of these glasses that I use. Maybe three, maybe four, maybe five. I don't know. Like a dollar a glass. This It feels like it's about a dollar a glass, which seems reasonable to me. Like I spend money in much more ridiculous ways than a dollar per glass of cold brew. Right? I, <laughs> I definitely do. And uh, so then I started drinking the cold brew. And then eventually one early morning... I broke out the French press and I washed my tea kettle and I cooked <laughs> I cooked some coffee. Yeah, and I found I found a a bag of coffee grounds and I, I had to break out three special things. The tea kettle, the French press, and the coffee grinder. And yeah, a bag of big big bang coffee grounds. What brand is that that comes from? Big Bang Coffee Grounds. I think it's, um, no. It's, the internet is telling me Pete's, but it's, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. What's that other brand of coffee? Oh, Coffee Beans. It's not bang, Grounds, it's Beans. It's telling me it's Pete's still, but it's the it's the other type of coffee where it has the the, the bag has like a very simple, uh, maybe it's not Big Bang, because you wouldn't think that two brands of coffee would have the same name, right? Oh, Counterculture, Big Trouble. That's probably what it is. I found it. Counterculture coffee, Big Trouble. I found a a picture of it here. It says caramel nutty round. It is funny how they associate these these notes and these words with different types of coffee. Round. All right, I can understand caramel. I mean, I don't I never I've never drank the coffee and thought, "Hmm, caramel." 
Nutty, maybe, because coffee beans are, are beans and nuts the same thing? I don't know. Nutty I, is the only one that really makes sense. I feel like they put those words on there, caramel, nutty, round. I mean, the, there's a huge, massive chance that just, I, I will be the first one to admit that my coffee palate is underdeveloped, barely developed. In fact, it may have moved backwards over the years as I indulged in uh, many cups of McDonald's McCafe coffee, because that's the good... Hey, if you give me a blind taste test between... Excuse me, I'm burping. People say, hey, Peter, it sounds like you're about to burp all the time, but there's something about talking into a microphone that, I don't know, it disrupts my breathing or I breathe in a weird way that I have to burp a lot while I talk. And when they say, Peter, it sounds like you have to burp almost, it's true. I am always inevitably about to burp. So anyways, if I had a blind taste test, between McCafe and Starbucks regular coffee, whatever, just a, like a Pike Place blend, is that their coffee? I think I would prefer, I think, I should try this sometime. I should actually do the blind taste test, but I think I would prefer the, the McCafe, the McDonald's coffee every time. It's just better. Even though they don't put any words like caramel, nutty, or round on there. Round. That's the most puzzling one. Counterculture. It is a it is a funny uh coffee brand. Can you guys hear my my keyboard when I type counterculture? I'm trying to look up some of their other um their other types of coffee. This one this one, their Apollo one says citrus, floral, silky. Okay, that doesn't even sound like it would be coffee. There's no way it can taste like coffee and also taste like citrus, floral, and silky. Okay? Maybe with a lot of sugar and cream and uh, pineapple juice. I just don't get it where these words come from. I think it's marketing. I think it all has to be marketing. I don't think someone actually tasted the the coffee and thought, mmm, floral. It tastes like I'm eating a flower. What flowers did they eat previously to this that reminded them of this? I guess it they smelled it tastes like flowers smell. Okay, I'm ordering a bag of this. It's called Apollo Citrus Floral Silky. I'm ordering a 12 ant a 12-ounce bag of it for $15.75. Add to cart. And then between now and the next podcast, I will try a cup of it. It's Apparently it's on the lighter side of things. Washed. I can't tell if this... There's a little logo here that says it could be experimental, but I can't tell if... It's like lit, the logo is lit up or not. Huh. Anyways, I'm going to buy a 
buy a bag of this citrus floral silky Apollo blend from Counterculture Coffee and then uh, try it. And then next time I make a podcast, I will tell you if I got any of those uh, notes. Okay. I'm checking out while I record the podcast. I'm filling. That's the beauty of autofill. I'm just, I didn't have to type anything in, I don't think. Just double checking everything is right. Da, 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 da. I have to create a password. Medium, my password. Medium strength. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Free shipping. It'll probably take like four weeks. Putting in my card security code. You guys can't see any of this, right? Okay. This feels slightly unsecured. Checking out, buying stuff online during a podcast. But if I don't do it now, I might forget. There's a little wheel turning. I think it's working. All right, so we're going to try that, that coffee. And um, yeah, so I'm back on coffee now. I think I'm a I think I'm a daily coffee drinker again. I mean, there's a whole big chance that uh, it'll go through a same, it'll go through a big cycle, and uh, I'll push it too far. I'll drink too much coffee, and then I'll be like, oh, I gotta stop. And then I'll go for a few months without it, and then I'll slowly get on it again. And I mean, I I, I if anything, I am a person that goes through phases, so I I would believe it if that happened to me. But I'm if there's anything I need to learn in my life, like to become a more mature person, like a like a like a more grown up, uh well rounded human being, I think it is balance. Cause I have this tendency, because I I just can't find balance, right? I I always, whenever I do something, I'm, I'm often pretty good at it, but I, it's always like all or nothing for me. I can't just do something a little bit. It seems like it's, yeah, I just, I mean, this doesn't apply to all areas of my life, but I don't know. It's hard to explain. I need to think about that more. I mean, I've already been thinking about this issue for like 15 years, but I still haven't completely figured it out. Maybe I haven't gone to I haven't gone to see my uh, therapist recently, but maybe I should do that again. I'll go see my therapist again once. Uh, oh, my headphones fell off, scratching my ear. I'll go see my therapist again once. I can go see her in person. I tried one session of what they call telehealth where I was seeing, I saw her, you know, over a Zoom call. It wasn't Zoom, it was something more secure. I don't think Zoom is secure at all. Some like, uh, some other thing, but it was like a video call, right? And I had a session and it was not nearly as good as a face-to-face -face session. There were like a lot more awkward silences and, you know, I think so much of a th like a therapy or a counseling session, I like, call it count I like calling it counseling because I 
I don't feel like there's something as wrong with me that way. It's just counseling. I'm just getting some counseling as opposed to therapy. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying one is better or worse than this than the other. I'm just saying I have weird ways of uh, wording and framing things in my mind. Um, oh wait, I'm just confirming my order here. All right, my order's been placed. But when you go in in person, sometimes this, I don't know if I had talked about this before, but I remember in my very first counseling session, I was sitting, I'm probably, I probably usually sit like six feet away from her, just on some like little chaise lounge thing. And she sits in a little armchair. And at first I felt like, hey, am I sitting too far away? But then as the session went on and we started talking and I was saying things, maybe it's due to the incredibly personal nature of the things that I was saying to her. I started to feel like we were growing not growing, but physically becoming closer and closer. Like I, I, I had this irresistible feeling that our chairs were then way too close together, right? Like the room became really small. All the, all the physical distances in the room were like inches instead of feet. And it was just very, uh, Everything was just like closing in. And it wasn't like a terrible feeling. Like I wasn't like freaking out. I was just in the back of my head noticing like, wow, I suddenly feel very close to this person when, you know, 20 minutes ago, I felt like I was very far away from her. And I'm not talking about emotionally or spiritually or something. I meant physically. Like I, I was trying to like scoot back in the seat, but I was already f as far away as her, you know, as far away from her as I could be like against the wall. And this is not like a, I don't think like she, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she should have been doing anything differently. I think maybe that's just, you know, the nature of the conversation that we're having. I just think it's interesting. That's all. This is very interesting. Anyways, um, I will definitely go back to therapy, I don't, but I'm doing okay right now. I mean, look, I will tell you the main thing I have been having a problem with lately over probably the last year. Okay. And I've been hesitant to bring this up for a multiple, multiple number of reasons, uh, which you might realize or might not realize depending on how well you know me. But the main thing I've been struggling with is weed. Okay. I've been smoking it too much. And weed is, it's glorified a lot in a lot of media and social media, popular media, but it is not good for me, okay? In some ways, it felt a little bit good for me because like I mentioned, I value my, my, my self-worth by how productive I am, which makes it hard for me to stop, like, stop working and stop thinking, but... So that's why I would, that's why I would smoke it to like, uh, like a make, make myself stop working. The, the main, one of the main reasons why I was hesitant to ever mention the fact that I've been like smoking weed is the fact that for many, many, many years before I ever even touched 
weed or had ever, ever even seen it in real life, people have been, you know, commenting on my art like this guy's so high or like how much how much weed does this guy smoke, right? All this stuff. And it just made me uh, like really hesitant and really kind of hate the idea of of weed and a lot of drugs in general because I didn't want weed taking the like the credit for my art because that's kind of what it felt like like that's not it's not Peter drawing these pictures it's just that he's so high he just smokes so much marijuana right it's just like that's that's how he like I mean well I can still tell you thankfully that everything you see online all of the art I do all my videos that I make I make those completely sober, okay? But but that's the whole thing with weed for me is that it like helps me like turn my brain off uh and I can just sit there and like watch Netflix and do nothing for hours and hours, which I would never be able to do. Like the only way if I'm sober, the only way I can watch Netflix is if I'm also drawing or editing a video at the same time. I can never ever just sit down and and watch just like watch Netflix or relax. Like I'm so I I don't really know how to just like have like off time, you know? I I I I, I don't know. Even even all my uh like guitar practice when I've been practicing guitar, practicing my scales and stuff. I do that while watching TV. Like I can never do just one thing at a time when when I'm uh, sober. Like I mean, the more I talk about this, the more I feel like I definitely need to go back to see more counseling. But anyway, so I smoke weed, right? I smoke it, I get high, and I successfully manage to do pretty much nothing. But the problem is it happens for like days at a time and even though I successfully managed, you know, I, I like to tell myself, okay, like, let's have a weekend. And I will, you know, take a weekend. And I'll finally manage to not do something for like a day or two. Uh, but even during that time, I will be miserable because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, I should be, I should be working. I should be, I should be doing something. So obviously what I obviously what I need to do is figure out a way to come to terms with my own desire to get things done, right? My own desire to accomplish things or work or draw or I don't know, whatever the heck is going on in my mind, I need to come to terms with that and like I said earlier, find a balance so that I can take some time off uh, without the use of drugs. I don't know how, I don't know, it really puzzles me. Like all all of these like musicians and stuff, like so much of like hip hop and stuff, they they glorify like uh, like weed and like codeine, you know, stuff like that. And I just, it boggles my mind. Like I don't, I don't know how anyone gets, I mean, I guess it affects people differently, but I don't know how anyone gets anything done when they're high because I cannot do anything. I cannot do anything. Even if I'm just like a little bit high, I get nothing done, which I and I want to say is good and bad, but it's, it's it, I want to say it's good that I can finally, you know, relax, but 
I also think it's bad that I have to use drugs to do that. I think it would be really nice to just figure out how to do it through my own recognizance, right? So I know what I need to do. I know what I'd like to do. I just have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know if, I don't think my, I don't know if my parents, I don't think they listen to these podcasts, but I don't know. They probably, I don't know. They probably think I'm high all the time anyways. I don't know if they listen. I think my parents watched like maybe one out of three of my videos. I was a little bit, that's like another reason why I was a little bit hesitant to say, you know, like, yeah, I've been smoking weed. I don't really, like I care what you guys think, but I also don't care. I guess I mostly care what people I know in real life think. Mostly, most of my close friends know I smoke sometimes. But I guess I never, I don't say a lot of stuff to my parents. That's a weird relationship. But I guess most relationships with parents are, look, don't do drugs. My my life, I, I, I would repeatedly keep smoking weed, even though at the same time I would, I would completely know that my life was worse while I was, while I was smoking. Like it would just send my life down this little, like a, down the drain for a few days, down the, for like weeks. I don't know. Hey, but I mean, I feel like right after I say don't do, don't do drugs, everyone, you know, going to come into the comments like, Hey, yeah, it, it works for me like this and that. And I just, you know, do it after work at night and stuff. Hey, ultimately, Hey, do what you want. If you're not hurting anybody, I don't care. But that's just my experiences. I would tell myself, I would tell myself, Hey, it's fine. And I'm doing okay. And then I would think, why am I sad? Why am I miserable? And then deep in the back of my mind, I would think, Peter, Peter, you know. Peter, you know, if you just stopped smoking weed, your life would be so much better. Yeah, it, su it sucks to be like alert and sober more of the time than like checked out and high. But I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It's a struggle. Hey, life, no one ever told me life would be like, difficult even though my act I feel like it's so weird because like my actual life is fine like I am so blessed right I am so incredibly blessed like I have plenty of money more than I could ever expect to have from this cushy job where I just get to sit at home and and like smoke weed if I want to but that's like the problem like I can do whatever I want there's no like repercussions like at least immediate repercussions. So I just have to like figure it out. All right, I've been probably saying stuff that didn't make sense to a lot of people. I'm not high right now, I promise. Um, let's change the subject. I apologize for going off on that weird tangent. I just feel like I had to get it off my chest a little bit. Uh, I feel like I never really said on this channel before that I've been struggling with smoking weed. Uh, and for the part of the struggle was that I wouldn't admit that I was struggling with it. Okay. But I was, I'd like to say was, but who knows? I could smoke it again and then the struggle would return. So anyways, thank you for listening to that, everybody. And, uh, 
Anyways, now I want to talk to you about a little thing called Master Chef. Okay, there's this TV show I've watched called Master Chef, and pretty much I like cooking shows only if they're hosted by Gordon Ramsay. Yes, when I mentioned that to my dad, he said, that guy has such a foul mouth, which is true. Um, I don't really mind at all. The swearing doesn't bother me. Also, Gordon Ramsay doesn't talk that much in MasterChef, at least not that I've noticed. It's mostly this very dramatic narrator. Now, what I've had to realize about MasterChef, um, for, those who, for those of you who haven't seen the show, let me explain to you the basic premise. Uh, it's a like a reality TV competition where at first a bunch of chefs come in no, 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 there's, at least for the seasons I've watched, there's three judges uh, who are professional chefs and who own restaurants, Gordon Ramsay, uh, I think this guy named Graham, and this guy named Joe. I don't remember the other two chefs' names, but they are famous and they know their know their stuff and they uh, they own restaurants, okay? And, and then there's these, what they call home cooks, People who are not professional chefs, but they want to be. This is the kind of the part that puzzles me, is that somehow these not professional chefs will become professional chefs. Uh, but don't you think that to become a professional chef, you should go to like chef school? Somehow they're pretending that this TV show is just as good as chef school. Or maybe a way to maybe it's supposed to be a way to prove that they don't eat chef school, but I feel like they're kind of just skipping a stone across the top of chef school with this show. I don't even know what chef school is, but I feel like there's got to be something like that where you, you learn every little thing, all the little details, how to make things, how to do things, or at least the basics of everything, right? Anyway, so all these home chefs come in. Um, like a bunch of them audition, and then like a on the first episode, you know, there's a bunch, and then every episode they they eliminate a bunch, and by the you know by like the middle of the season, maybe there's only ten left, and by the last quarter of the season, there's only like four left or something. But this show, they've got it down to an art: the art of making something as simple and. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to call cooking boring, but I mean, I'll, you know, millions and millions of people cook every night around the globe, and it's not this exciting. But they make cooking very dramatic, right? First of all, they have the very dramatic narrator, who's like the you know the movie trailer voice guy, and uh, and then they have the element of time. There's always the time crunch, and then there's always there's the element of Maybe they could get eliminated. And then there's element of there's high-ranking chefs there that they want to impress. You know, Gordon Ramsay, they're all pretty much if just Gordon Ramsay looks their way, they burst into tears. Uh, or this other guy, Joe, also. What's his last name? It's like Cruciante or something. Um, he's like very, he's like, uh, I don't know, he like never smiles. Um, anyways. He, he scares me a little bit, but I like him. The other guy, Graham, is cool too. He's, 
I think I would probably get best get along best with him. Um, anyways, but but what they have down so crazy is this. I I want to I just want to watch them film one of these things. First of all, it's crazy to me that they and and this happens in a lot of reality TV shows that they never get any of the other cameras in the shots because there have got to be so many cameras there but none of the other cameras appear in any of the shots first of all they've they've they filmed the show from one side of a room i think there's tons of cameras along one side of the room it's pretty clear lots of cameras on the ceiling right and uh but what I'm trying to figure out is when they say, like, you have 45 minutes to do this, I wonder if it really just takes 45 minutes or if they do multiple takes. Also, do they just make one dish? Because sometimes they put a dish out there. I think they do just make one dish. Also, the, sometimes they wait. It seems like they must wait so long to try these dishes when the judges, the chefs eat the dishes and try them. There's no way those dishes are still hot almost any of the time, almost any of the time, because there's always these nice panning shots of the dishes uh, before they've been eaten, right? And that must take at least a few minutes to, to bring the dish up, put it on the pedestal, get the nice shots of the camera. I mean, surely they've figure out a very time efficient way to do this, but they've got all these nice shots of the dishes and then they got to take the dish back to the counter and then the chefs have to bring them up one at a time. They have to do that for every single one of them. Uh, I don't know. It's just like it boggles my mind all the little things they have to do to make the show flow right. And also another thing I'm curious about is like when I do sponsorships here on my channel, I have to like disclose it uh you know according to the fcc i have to like say hey this is sponsored by this maybe it's different with product placement though because sometimes i mean i get it you know they, they they're trying to make money that's what they're trying to do every now and then some one of the episodes will be sponsored by walmart which is hilarious to me because then they will act like all the ingredients they're using are incredible that they, they act like the ingredients are good all the time but then suddenly when they're walmart ingredients they bump it up a notch and act like the ingredients are like out of this world good like they they're always using these walmart steaks and and you know i understand if like the judges are like the producers i think are just spoon feeding them so many lines and not just the judges because the judges will rattle off you know the chefs that they'll rattle off these lines like and now you have to make a dish out of these wonderful ingredients only the freshest tastiest scrumptiousest ingredients provided by walmart you know and but then sometimes even the contestants will you know the judges will come to the contestants and be like so what are you making and then one of the contestants will be like well i know walmart has terrific steaks. So I'm going to use this terrific steak from Walmart. And it's like, you know, that that contestant would never have said that. Like that had to have been a spoon-fed line. What I'm thinking, it's like the, 
sometimes I really think that I suspect that these are actually actors. But then I think if these are actors, wouldn't we have seen them in something else? Right? They would have gotten credits and they would be in something, they'd be like on IMDb or something. Because they, sometimes they act really good. But I think, I think they're just, I think they just take tons of instructions from the producers. Like maybe half or more than half of everything they say on the TV show is spoon fed to them by the producers. Because also in the heat of things, like, during these time trials, when they have 30 minutes, 45 minutes to talk, they're in there, they're in the kitchen. They're like, they're like sweating away, you know, just like crazy stuff is happening. They're working at, you know, max speed. But then the show will cut to them doing like a little one-on-one -on -one camera chat. And then one of them, you know, they'll be like, oh, I was so angry at Jeff. He was, you know, saying this or I was, you know, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I was just... They'll they'll give like a like a in time update like. Actually, they won't say it past tense. They'll be they'll say it current tense. Like, yeah, I'm just so nervous. What I'm trying to figure out is, do they? There's no way they pull them aside, in the middle of all that, right? They either have to film this before or after. It can't be before, otherwise they won't know what had happened. Everything had to have unfolded, and then they're like, okay, now we have to film all these one on ones. We have to figure out what to tell everyone to say. It just seems all too pieced together sometimes, right? I don't know. So I had to convince myself it's really not a cooking show, but a drama show about cooking, about a cooking con con competition. And they're just actors that are bad at acting and okay at cooking. Because the cooking seems mostly real sometimes. Sometimes what they what for sure happens is that they keep the most interesting people on the show and the boring people get eliminated. But it could be that it's just the people that seem boring get eliminated. I'm not sure. Like maybe if they know someone's getting eliminated at the end of the show, they just don't give them as much screen time. I mean, why would they? Right? I don't know. Well, I don't know, because no, maybe sometimes sometimes the people who get eliminated do get screen time screen time because then it's more dramatic when they do get eliminated, right? But definitely once you once you get to like the second half of a season, all the most interesting people are there. There's no boring people left. No boring people who are just good at cooking. Right? And I was very worried, okay? Because at one point in the show, they brought back the winner from the previous season, which I hadn't seen. And it turned out it was a blind woman. And of course, I have no problem with that. But then I was like, oh no, a blind woman won. This is awful. Because there was also a, I don't know if it was a vegetarian or a vegan, in, currently in the competition. And they, they, they had just had someone say something like, I can't believe she beat me. I can't believe there's a, oh, I, I, they said, I can't believe there's a vegan in the top 10, right? And it just seemed like they were egging on this, uh, this level of drama, right? Like they were, uh, 
And I was like, oh no, they're going to have her win just because she's vegan. And I don't have any problem with a vegan person winning, but I don't want her win just because she's vegan. Like, is it a cooking, what I was trying to figure out, it's, is it a cooking competition or a drama show? And I was still trying to figure that out, right? Are they truly being selected upon their cooking merits or not? Uh, and so I was very relieved because finally uh, the lady who is a, a vegan got cooked off, got kicked off because um, obviously she never tasted any of her her dishes with which she which had meat ingredients she would still cook with meat ingredients but she would never taste them to see if she had cooked them right uh which was she was at an obvious disadvantage there right so i was like okay phew. they're not like they're not like piecing this together to make her win some because i like i watch dancing with the stars sometimes and it, you know it's good to get the background story on people you know you get you you appreciate a little bit more when you know a little bit more about a person but sometimes you don't get to know the person you just get to know their biggest sob stories in these tv shows you get all you get to learn about a person in these tv shows is which one of their parents died from cancer or which one of their brothers died in a car wreck or you know uh, which which friend, you know, was you know brutally murdered at eighteen, and it pisses me off a little bit, honestly, that they would bring all this stuff up on international TV for what seems like pity points because it really seems to work. Because I've seen people dance awfully, dance really bad in Dancing with the Stars, but incidentally, they also had an incredible sob story. That's that episode, and they got a great, great score. So I mean, I know they've got a, a TV show to run, so they've got to do what they got to do. But it just makes you wonder: is it a TV, is it a dancing show or a drama show that happens to be about dancing? Anyways, so so the the vegan person got kicked off the show. I was relieved, and then what would you know? They brought her back, and I was I was like, oh, no, they're actually doing it. They're going to make her win. It was like the final four, and they brought her back, and it was five people again. Like, I've never seen them bring someone back before. Oh, but then they kicked her off again. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe. Anyways, I haven't finished the season yet because after they kicked her off again, I was just like, a, I lost interest, I guess. So maybe they were on to something having her there. So now I'm I'm suddenly wondering. They were smart to have someone who, sh who maybe in the back of my mind I thought shouldn't have been there. They were smart to have her there. Even if it bothered me, maybe because it bothered me. That's smart. I'm just realizing how smart. They, they obviously know what they're doing, okay? They obviously know what they're doing. They're, these are like, what, like multi-million dollar productions, I'm sure. Like, I don't know how much it takes to run a, PV, a TV show, but... There's so many, there's so many moving, working parts. So much study has gone into it, you know, market studies and advertising, and they study the people and what people think. And if they make these decisions, the TV show does better. And if they make these decisions, the TV show does worse. And there's probably all things I should be doing with my own YouTube channel. But I, when I look at my analytics, I just get discouraged. So I just keep on making videos that I feel like making. Okay, another thing. Uh, 
different different subject. I signed up for a 5K run on Thanksgiving. So that is in, let me look at my calendar. That is in one, two, three, four, five. What is Thanksgiving? Six days from now. And I, uh, at first I was training running. I was going running a little bit. Um, but then I just, just haven't been, I still haven't ever run five kilometers. I've been running maybe like four kilometers. I thought that, you know, setting a date, saying this is the day I'm going to go run a 5K. And I even invited a friend, you know, for extra accountability. And we signed up to be on the same team and we follow each other on Strava so we can see each other's runs and stuff. I thought, hey, all this accountability, maybe I'll start running. But it turns out I don't care about accountability. I just don't like running. My dislike of running outweighed all of that. I mean, I'm going to go do the 5K. Probably. I mean, I guess there's a chance I won't go do it, even though I already paid like $44 to do it. I mean, it's not the end of the world if I don't, because I think those things are so, 5Ks, like, they cost 44 bucks because, you know, it goes to like a charity or something. At least I hope it does. But, I don't know. I have a, a, I mean, this is a nice neighborhood for running in. I wear a little reflective vest now because I like running at night. There's, I mean, it's nice to run it during the daytime, but I like running at night because it's like you're in your own little world. It's like, and then you get little glimpses into other worlds if you manage to see into someone's house with, they have like little lights on inside and then you can get glimpse into their house. Sometimes there's nothing in there. Weirdly, some, some houses I've glimpsed into, there's literally nothing, just bare walls. But sometimes I see like a TV on, someone walking around, or someone like out on their porch talking on the phone or something. You get like these little glimpses, but mostly I'm just there on the road in my own little world running. And I'm making it sound really nice, but ultimately I don't like it. I even bought like nice active wear, you know, like expensive stuff, you know, to wear like, you know, like, I don't know what else you'd call it, like exercise clothing. Like, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Maybe if I spend a lot of money buying like nice clothes for running, I'll do it more. No, I still don't like it. I mean, and before I moved, I was riding my bike a lot more, but I was riding my, my favorite route for riding my bike was right, a route that went right through the middle of the college campus near me where I used to live near UNCG where I had been going to, to, to school, but then school, school went into session again. That was during the summer, I guess. And then in the fall school went into session and then it's, it was like not as convenient or satisfying to ride through there because then it suddenly was more busy and I had to stop at all the like red lights and stop signs. There's like people I had to dodge and all this traffic all of a sudden. So I stopped riding my bike. I got out of the habit of riding my bike. I'm just so much better at getting into bad habits than good ones. And I even read this, I even read this book called Atomic Habits, right? I mean, that's a pretty, I feel like that's a pretty famous book. I read it or I listened to it on Audible or something like that. And I mean, the biggest, most helpful thing I got out of that book was the like changing your mindset not not to like for example not to go running because i want to be more active and healthy but 
telling yourself, I am an active and healthy person. And then the result of that mindset would be that you go running. So I've been trying to tell myself that I'm an active and healthy person. Like I need to see myself that way. And then the maybe the logical result is that I'm more active and healthy. And I think I have been more healthy. I mean, there have been some some hiccups. I mean, it's mostly difficult because I moved and then all my all my little routines and habits got a little bit messed up and thrown out the window. So I've been having to kind of jump, re- restart everything. There was a rough, a rough week or two where I was waking up late uh, because, because of weed. I was waking up late every morning and then I would, for every day for breakfast, for like a week, for like a week, I was going to McDonald's and buying a double quarter pounder with cheese and no pickles and a large fries and a large Coke. I was eating that every day at noon for breakfast. Okay, isn't that awful? I was doing that. Thankfully, I got out of the habit. I mean, I'm getting, I think I'm getting better though. Like I'm drinking a lot more like orange juice, eating little fruit cups. And I've fallen in love finally with, I found a way to get salad that I enjoy. You can, I can buy these like little plastic tubs of salad at the grocery store, like mixed greens, like little baby uh, spinach. And I don't know what is in there. What else in there? Like other mixed stuff. I don't know, like weird, weird types of greens I haven't heard of before, but there's like all this advertising on the plastic thing. It's like, it's like so healthy, powerful, good for you. Right. So I buy these and I've realized that there's this one dressing it's like some sort of balsamic vinaigrette. And it says this word shallot on there. I don't know what shallot is. I think it's some kind of onion. Thankfully, it doesn't taste like onions because that doesn't sound very appealing to me as far as salad dressing goes. But I found, I think if I put this salad dressing, uh, I could eat almost anything if I put it on there. Even probably like grass clippings from the lawn. I could probably eat those. It's pretty good stuff. So I've been snarfing down. I've had a bowl of salad almost every day for the past week or two. I feel pretty good about that. And for a while, I was trying to eat granola, but I think I'm, I don't, my body had a a rough time adjusting to eating healthy again. Maybe I was just eating too much granola, but it was, it was giving me diarrhea and yeah, maybe it was just too much, but I thought maybe, I was like, maybe I should just go back to eating unhealthy again because my body was so much more used to that at least my crap was consistent instead of being all watery right all right sorry for talking about that but i'm just trying to figure out how to eat healthy and feel healthy because for a while there i felt like i was eating healthy but also feeling worse but maybe i was just having withdrawals from unhealthy food or something like that so i switched from the granola to Sometimes I have uh, honey bunches of oats and I put almond milk in there. And yeah, sometimes I have like a glass of orange juice or a little fruit cup. And then I sometimes I make like a turkey turkey sandwich. Mm, what else do I have? Yeah, some of the bowls of salad. I drink tons of water, okay? I think that's the one main thing I've got going for me that has prevented me from getting diabetes or weighing 300 pounds maybe in my life is that I'm addicted to drinking tons of water. I don't know how I don't weigh more than I do, but also I have been going on some walks. I've been going on some walks, especially if I get like a little bit restless or something. I think I just need to go get in the habit of going for more walks because like it's a great neighborhood for walking. 
just go for a walk, Peter. Don't hesitate. Like, come back. Like, a little 30-minute walk, everything will still be here. Everything will be fine. You'll feel better. But the walks have the same problem in that I get restless while I'm on them, right? And I start thinking about how I can, I start, even while I'm on the walk, I start trying to figure out how I can get work done while I'm walking. Like I start trying to pull out my phone and take notes about things I can talk, talk about, uh, you know, in like future videos. It it doesn't usually work. I'm just, I just usually resign myself to like, okay, just got to finish the walk, Peter. Then you can get back. (laughs) It's weird. Uh, My life is weird. I don't, I don't know what's going on really. I'm just trying to make the most of it, okay? I haven't done everything right, but I'd like to figure it out eventually. Also, can I talk about the TV show Dark for a minute? Because I want to talk about it, but also I don't want to have spoilers for anyone. Um, so if you don't, I don't think I'm really spoiling. I mean, I'm what I'm about to say might spo- might be mild spoilers for the TV show Dark. So if you don't want it spoiled for you, maybe skip ahead a little while, even though I think we're close to the end of the podcast. But what I want to say is that the first two seasons of Dark uh, were a masterpiece. And then I think I've stopped watching now in the middle of the third season. It all... It just became not as great of a show, the third season. I mean, there was a person in my YouTube comments who were like, I was in, I think I was almost finished the second season, and then someone commented, I saw it, they said, Dark is a great show. Too bad it doesn't have a good ending. And I was like, yeah, right, this show is amazing. There's no way this doesn't end good. But now I'm halfway through the third season, and I'm just like, bleh, I don't want to keep watching. If they, if they had f- ended it, after two seasons and figured out a way, right? Figured out a way to tie it in a cute little, pretty little knot after two seasons. That would have been a true masterpiece. If they had, if they had tied up all the loose ends and everything and just kind of laid it out all there before you and like the, the perfect little finale at the end of season two. Oh, that would have been a masterpiece of a show. I mean, it was still a great show, uh, but kind of just like fizzled out at end of se- in season three, or in my opinion, just got way too complicated and convoluted without anything interesting happening. Like it was all, it was all just, yeah, not fun to watch anymore. I feel like I had to be, I, I should be like, taking notes. I mean, it's one thing to have time travel, right? It's a time travel TV show where people are time traveling, but they kept on introducing new, uh, new areas of time travel. And then I think this is their biggest mistake. They introduced a new world also with time travel. I mean, how can anyone be expected to keep track of multiple decades of time travel in multiple worlds where there's like multiple of the same people, same age, different age, different worlds, same worlds. It's just not fun to watch. I don't know. It's an artful, it's an artful show, but they messed up big time. 
I couldn't keep watching. It was just not enjoyable anymore. I felt like I was in the, in the middle of the third season. I felt like I should be taking notes, like I was in some sort of college class. I felt like I had to keep on rewinding and looking stuff up on a wiki, maybe. It's just that's not the type of show I wanted to be watching anymore. I will say I love the some of the transitions between scenes in that show. Like sometimes it would like be slowly building up and then there would be like the sound of a lighter. That's the only way I can describe it. Wait. It'd be like this. It'd be like <clears throat> it'd be like and that's what it, the scene would sound like. Kind of like that. I don't know if that I don't really know how that ended up sounding for y'all, but that's kind of anyway. And then some in in season three, they did these weird scene transitions where it looked like you're going through a black hole. And the first time that happened, it scared scared me so bad. I about jumped off the couch. But then I realized there'd be like little hints. It was about to happen. Like the screen would twitch a little bit, like two seconds before it happened in the future, so that I could brace myself. Anyways, yeah, good show bad ending you know but that happens with a lot of shows it's difficult because you want the show to keep going if it's a good show but also you know it's you want it to end on a good note a strong note and it can't go on too long like dexter ugh, that was such a good show that went on too long and i couldn't keep watching after i stopped watching dexter in the middle of like season four or something but on the other hand like like breaking bad that one was good all the way through all the way through all right. I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to say. I don't know if this was a good podcast or not, but thanks for listening, everyone. I, uh, yeah. Let me know what you think or if you have any requests about, uh, well, anything. I, I, I'll say I take requests. Like you can submit requests for videos or, things to talk about or yeah like what i should do on my channel i accept them like there is a metaphorical comment box but doesn't mean i'll do what you want right yeah like that another type of video that people want and they ask for me uh again those words don't even make sense they ask for they request from me to be repeated i don't know how to phrase this they've from me they request anyways they want another version another video of uh drawing my feelings i have two videos where i draw on post-it notes for like half an hour and i'm just like talking about my feelings or something and i am proud of those videos like this, this those videos seem to help people in some way but i also can't just rattle those videos off like i was definitely feeling some kind of way when I made those videos and I can't just I gotta if I'm gonna make another one of those videos I gotta also again be feeling some kind of way a special way usually kind of feeling kind of bad is what I'm trying to say which I mean it does happen to me fairly often but I have to be also feeling good enough that I want to make a video because lots of times when I'm feeling bad I just go to bed or something all right well yeah okay 
I'm bad at saying goodbye, if you haven't noticed. But I'm going to do it now. Goodbye. You know, I get so hot and sweaty, especially in my armpits when I record these. Maybe it's just like the, the heat of being on stage.